A text that calls for our attention on this Lord's Day and our celebration of the baptism of our Lord Jesus is our Old Testament reading for today from Isaiah chapter 42. I'm focusing especially on these words. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I won't ask today for a show of hands, but how many faintly burning wicks are here in the pew today? How many are struggling in life? And if you are honest, how many of you are wrestling with God and with your faith? How many of you feel like you are just barely staying lit? How many of you feel like you are flickering? How many of you are worrying if it will just be that next stiff gust of bad news or uncertainty that will be the one that snuffs you or your faith out completely? I truly hope that not many of you answered with a kind of rambunctious yes. But at the same time, let's be honest, it's more of us than would admit it openly. And if we're not there today, it might have been last night, or last week, or last year. And we certainly all know someone who is feeling this way today. Even though we live in what analysts tell us is the absolute height of civilized progress and prosperity, many don't feel like they're sitting atop the mountain just looking at the view. And there's no doubt we need perspective. We need to count our blessings rather than pondering all of our troubles. We need to remember all of the things that God has given to us that many in the past, and quite frankly many today, do not have. We need to realize that something like our phone's not working for a few moments is not a threatening crisis to our life. I mean, the people that first heard these words from Isaiah, they endured much more in their lifetimes than most of us will endure. They endured war and exile, they were removed from their homes and their very ways of life. They lived as strangers and sometimes servants in foreign lands. So in comparison, we should be quite joyous about our circumstances. But I'll be honest with you today, none of that is the point of the sermon. I'm not here today to tell you to get a better attitude. I'm not here to tell you to buck up and get over it. I'm not here to call you a snowflake or a sissy or whatever word you might use. Well, there might be a place for such speeches, but it's not this sermon. So instead, what am I here for? Well, to assure you of one simple fact. A fact that comes right from the prophecy of Isaiah. And it is this. That that Jesus who we see today in the waters of the Jordan River, that one who is being baptized by John, that one upon whom the Spirit falls, 
When he arrives, he does not come and quench faintly burning wicks. No, he does not come and put you out. No, indeed, he instead comes to give you light. Yes, if you are in that place today, know this. This Jesus, God's only Son, does not come with all of his power to punish your lack of faith. He doesn't come to expose your weakness for all to see. He does not come to turn out the lights and leave you in darkness. No, instead, he comes to take you out of the prison that is holding you. He comes to rescue you from the dungeon that surrounds you. He comes to bring you light. For he is light. You see, Jesus can't come and not bring light. That's what this whole season that we now enter into called Epiphany is all about. It's why very often if you see any sort of symbol that is tied to Epiphany, it is a bright and shining star. And no doubt that star was picked because the first event we hear about in Epiphany is how that star led the wise men. But the star does not need go away for the rest of Epiphany. For every account that we read in this season indeed is meant to remind us that this Jesus who has been born is the very Son of God, that he is the second person of the triune God, that he is God, and that since he is God, he always brings light. And that is important, because we live in this world amidst so much darkness. There is the darkness that we find inside our minds and our hearts that are so blackened by sinful thoughts and then the deeds that follow from those thoughts. There is the darkness which we see in others who hurt us in various ways with their selfishness and lack of care. There's the darkness we see in our world whether it's on our social media feeds or in the newspapers or on the television or whether it's just the darkness we see walking around in the communities where we live. Yes, we need light. And the good news is, light is here. That's really the whole message of the Epiphany season of the church here. That one who spoke light into existence in the world back in the beginning he now comes back into a world that has been darkened by sin and brings light about again. Yes, he comes and brings light. And thanks be to him that he does so. Because all of us know well that when the darkness grows around us and inside of us, that is exactly how we become those faintly burning wicks. That's when we begin to despair that's when we wonder if we'll make it, or even if we should make it. Yes, that is when we recognize that darkness has started to, tire, to tamp, dampen out all the light in the world. But you see, we should know this. Only if Christ comes can we be saved from this darkness. Only if he gives us his life will we survive, and not only survive, but thrive. So how do we get this light that we need so badly? 
In our reading from Isaiah, the father there speaks about all that he is going to do for his beloved son. This beloved son that he's chosen to be the servant of all people. So much a servant that he would die for all people to save them. He speaks about what he is going to do for his son. And amazingly, if you listen to the words about what the father says he'll do for the son, they're the very things that the son tells you he'll do for you. Isaiah says that the father will hold the son fast, that he'll sustain him. And Jesus tells you he'll do the same for you. He'll hold you fast. He'll sustain you. The father says that he leads his son by the hand, takes him by the hand, and guides him. And Jesus promises the same to you. He is not afar off. He takes you by the hand and he guides you. The father says he will place his spirit upon his son, revealing him as that eternal choice that God has made of him as the Messiah. And indeed he does. We heard about it today. Jesus, he also places that same spirit upon you. He did it when you were baptized. He indeed revealed you as his eternal choice, as his son or daughter, to live in his household. Indeed, he placed the spirit upon you. On the day of your baptism, he shines his light upon you. Every time you hear his word, he brightens things up every time you are fed at his supper. And so here today, the light shines upon you. And when the light shines upon you, you begin to shine also. You, smoldering wick, all of a sudden become a source of light that enables even others to see. Oh, it's not your own light that's shining, but it's Christ's light that is shining upon you. So listen closely today. If you feel like you are about to flicker one last time, and then give way to darkness. Jesus comes today to put away that darkness. He takes that darkness and makes it a thing of the past. He does something new. He declares something new. He declares that you are forgiven, that you have life, and that you have his light. Don't you remember how it ended with Jesus? He was suspended there in the oddly dark afternoon skies. And then he died. But three days later, the dawn came. And when dawn came, not only did that S-U-N sunrise, but the S-O-N sun rose as well. And the life of the risen Son of God is that light that you need in your life. And he wants to give it to you. There's nothing that makes him happier gives it to you this day in order to brighten your life. He removes from you the guilt and power of your sin in order that they might not simply leave you with despair. He gives you a whole new life of light to lead daily. As we heard the Spirit say in the book of Romans, he gives you a new life and makes you able to walk in newness of life. Yes, you get to go out and walk in light instead of stumbling around in darkness. And walking in light now, it's just the beginning. No, not even something like death will be able to take that light from you. You will live in light forever. I'll admit that in our gospel reading for today, when we hear about the baptism of Jesus, there's no mention of light specifically. 
But if you will, think about the images you've seen over the years of the baptism of Jesus. Whether that might be in some sort of picture Bible you have or in Sunday school materials. The texts simply say that the heavens opened up that day. But it seems to me that every artist I've ever seen that tries to picture this day says that when the heavens open up, what pours forth but light? They often show this stream of light coming down from the Father upon the Son. Now, I don't know if it looked that way on that day, but I do know this. On that day, God the Father's light indeed did shine down from the Father to the Son in the truest sense. And I know this as well. That same light that shone down that day from Father to Son shines today from the Son Jesus to you. So rejoice, you smoldering wick. Christ does not come to put you out. He comes to bring you light. Light that is his alone to give. He comes to rescue you from darkness, both now and forever. Amen.